Attention, have you or a loved one been stranded on the Disney Skyliner? Are you one of the poor, unfortunate souls that Disney left dangling sky high in fear of death? Do you feel like Disney's incompetence left you twisting in the wind without a fast pass? Well, don't just sit around waiting for your prince to come. Be prepared. Disney makes an estimated $6.2 million per day per park. Holy f that's a lot of churros. So don't be goofy and agree to some Mickey Mouse settlement. You're entitled to a lot more than the bare necessities. At the law offices of H. Bernstein & Associates, we won't leave you hanging. Call 407-SUE-MICKEY and we'll make your day in court magical. H. Bernstein & Associates is not a real law firm. The Magic Our Way guys are just a bunch of dicks. We sincerely apologize for all those who are affected by this tragedy. Jumbo, everyone! Harambe! And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way Podcast. Podcast. Sante Sun, everyone. You are listening to the Magic Arway podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are artistic buffs talking about dizzy stuff. And this is the show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicRway.com is where you can find us. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. And on this show, we follow the Disney concept of edutainment, where we focus on your entertainment, and along the way, you just might learn a thing or two. Here to join us in this fun is our resident comic genius from IvoryComics.com, Mr. Eli Ivory. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing good. How you guys doing this fine evening? We're good. We're doing. Yeah. We're doing. Good doing, huh? We're doing. We're we're beautiful. Making it happen. Staying up late. Yep. I I know. this done. This is this is wild. Usually, uh, this time of day, I'm watching like Saturday Night Live, but now I get to do my old Saturday Night Live skit with, with y'all. This is this is pretty cool. El Nino, awesome, yeah. dude. Are you gonna be like uh, the church lady tonight for us? Or uh... I've been chopping broccoli all morning. <laughs> oh, look at that! Oh, taking it back. Bring yeah. the material. That is old school, man. And then, ladies and gentlemen, that voice you are hearing is Mister. I know more than your friends. Suck it up, tough love, and ever so lovely travel agent from Magical Moments Vacations, Lee Lasavica. Hi, Lee. All right, man. Yeah, late night edition. Let's do this. Got some uh, caffeine in me, ready to stay up all night. Yeah, let's not do that. What are you drinking there, Lee? Coffee? Uh, Ooh, Coca-Cola. Mexican Coca-Cola. Mexican Coca-Cola? Yeah, glass bottle style. Oh, wow. do it. Glass bottle style. Oh. Yeah. Well, when you're in no. Texas and you're that close to the border, you can make these things happen. He likes that yeah. long neck. Right. The DEA is on his track, though. They got to watch <laughs> out, man. Smuggling oh. Mexican Coke across the border, dude. <laughs> As that, that's, that's why we're building the wall, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's why there's those helicopters always going in the background when, when you come out there on the bike. That's why I got a, that's why I got a ladder. Well, guys, we're going to take a pause with our Disneyland trip reports because there's been a lot of news and stuff that's been happening. So we want to make sure we keep current with that. Uh, we'll get back to our Disneyland discussions and whatnot because we still have a lot to talk about with that. So hopefully you've been enjoying the past three episodes. If not, definitely go take a look. If you haven't heard it yet, go definitely go take a listen and uh, check those out so you can hear our experiences on Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire Outpost, and our experiences in the Disneyland Resort itself. So uh, today, uh, we are, Danny, why don't you give us an idea of what we are talking about on today's show? Well, it's, it's going to be more of a free-range discussion. A couple of things came out from some high-profile filmmakers that uh, I thought was worthy of a discussion to see whether or not what they had to say or 
what they felt had merit. And uh, one of them was uh, George Lucas, who Bob Iger unveiled in his new book, which I bought. I don't know if y'all bought it. I haven't bought it yet. You no. have not bought it? Okay. Well, I mean, Bob needs our money. I mean, he oh, of course he does. Yeah. He doesn't make that much. Wait, wait. I it's think you least, meant uh, I need Bob's money. Oh, I need a lot of Bob money. <laughs> well, well, good luck with that. Bob, <laughs> Bob, Bob doesn't give much away. <laughs> Is this like a motivational book or something he makes? Well, he teaches life lessons. The name of the book is Ride of a Lifetime, and it's supposed to be about lessons learned during his tenure with, well, I guess maybe his tenure. Please. I haven't read it yet. I yeah. own it. Oh, I, I understand. Okay. Right, I'm still working my way through Kevin Rafferty's book, which is excellent, by the way. Okay. Um, Ooh, what's the name of that book? Oh, the name of that book is Magic Journey, My Fantastical Walt Disney Imagineering Career. That sounds oh, like fun. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it, I have to definitely check that out. It's funny. It's it's really good. It's refreshing. It, it's it's kind of like you get to hear some... I mean, this is a guy who had a lot to do with... Um, well, he named everything in Typhoon Lagoon, Blizzard mm-hmm. Beach. He had a lot to do with getting um, Toy Story Mania made. He had a lot to do with getting Twilight Zone Tower of Terror made. Ah, nice. Um, it's just... Everything. I mean, he he's ha- he's been hands on with so much, and his book actually. I mean, it brings humor to it. I mean, it really does. And he really kind of goes through the ups and downs, kind of like um, oh, was it Tony Baxter who kind of started off as mm-hmm. a street? This guy like started off washing dishes at Disney World. I mean, Disneyland. I'm sorry, and just made his way up. Got to See, work. I in, love that. Yeah, I got to work that. in Imagineering. Got fired. <laughs> Had to figure out how to get back into Imagineering, mm-hmm. and and he worked his way through it and. God bless him. Does a fantastic job. It, it's hard to put it down once you pick it up. Right, right. Okay, yeah. So, anyway, but that's off that's the awesome. Path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, the listeners, maybe we'll talk about that on a show. So maybe. You oh, wanna... I, I'd love to go into that. That's that is really awesome. I'd love. He's somebody I'd love to talk to one of these days. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah. So sure. pick up that book for you guys uh, yourself, and you can read it, and then maybe we can have like a book club type discussion on our show. One oh, day. like like a Magic Our Way Book of the Month Club? Yes, a Book of the Month Club. We How about that? that? How sure. many listeners will be into that? Let us know. Magic Our oh, Way. Hey, show at magicourway.com. Good luck getting Eli or Lee to read. <laughs> I mean, I can't read. I just, yeah, that's just a lot. Right. I right, know how boy. to read. I know how to read. <laughs> like, I, got to, I had to throw that in really quick the way that's out. But you know, I'm working on my ABCs. I just learned to spell dog yesterday, so yeah. I'm working my way up. But you only read books with pictures. <laughs> yes, yeah. they're fun. Yeah, they're they're uh, totally fun. I only read menus. Yeah, I like menus. <laughs> <laughs> and only the menus that say ninety nine, seventy nine, eighty nine. Only the the lit up menus. <laughs> right. Yeah. With the pictures of the food. Yes, yeah. Those menus. Right. Yes. Combo no. number one. Yeah. Eat at Joe's. Yeah. Check. That All out. right. So Bob's book is about his lessons he learned yes. while he's with Disney. Maybe even beyond Disney. I don't know. Okay. And one of the things was. He relayed a story to where when he was pitching George on buying Star Wars and they were working out the deal, he basically purchased an outline for George's concept for the next three Star Wars movies. Bob was clear in saying, look, we're purchasing this from you. and We really we got to have this. We want you to be an advisor. We're not saying we're going to use it, but we want it. So that was a thing. And then over time, George got to feel betrayed. Uh, because Disney basically took their ideas and threw them in the garbage can. <laughs> so the question we're going to examine, and did Disney betray George Lucas? Okay. And the second one that I, thought, I saw that I thought was interesting, and I saw this one today, was about Martin Scorsese, who had a lot to say about Marvel Comics movies, where he doesn't consider them to be real cinema. 
<laughs> says he's tried watching them, just not working out for him, not real cinema, doesn't really relate to him in any way. And I'm wondering, does Marty have a point? Interesting. Okay. So, so I, I thought that would be a fun little discussion topic for us. This is some deep really, stuff. This is not deep really stuff news, but more like an opinion thing. Yeah. So yeah. I thought this would be fun. So that's what we're going to cover on the hub, guys. So enough of our jibber jabber. Let's go discuss some magic. This is Sal Coladonato from The Slant, and you're listening to the BS Podcast Network. Breaking news from the Magic R-Way Podcast. Terror in the sky, liner. And take it away as our man on the ground, Stephen Downs. Take it away, Stephen. Hey, guys. Uh, out here uh, at Walt Disney World, we just had the uh, Skyliner open. Gosh, uh, it's only been open six days, and we already have a big problem. A problem? The, uh... Oh, no! <laughs> what could have happened? If only there was a podcast out there that could have foreseen that these might be problematic. Well, who could have that have been? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. So, Steven, what's up? <laughs> what happened, Steven? Yeah. yeah. You well, were there. Uh, yeah, so it looks what, from what it looks like is the um, I think it was the return track from Epcot uh, on its way back to Caribbean Beach. The route for the Skyliner goes um, from Caribbean Beach through uh, Riviera, like checkpoint, and then over to Epcot and then back. Mm-hmm. And um, so what, what it looks like happened is when the the what are they called the gondolas were they're taken off the cable. And they run through the uh, the Riviera checkpoint. Looks like some like the front one got caught on something. I mean that's that's what it looks like from the pictures, and it stuck there. The next one kept you know we, we got like a thing of five gondola pile up. Oh <laughs> no! Uh uh-uh. Yeah, and they're all like pushing each other up. They're all up at funky angles and stuff. So um, it looks like there was yeah. Yeah, there was about, I think that they were waiting in there for over an hour. Uh, people, they stopped the line. People were stuck in their gondolas for over an hour. Um, and they actually have little emergency kits. I saw someone on uh, Twitter uh, share this. I think it was shared in the Facebook group. They were sharing um, these emergency kits that have like first aid and water and stuff like that. And they have little pee cups in them too. So <laughs> Yeah, hell with yeah, that. I heard about that. Yeah, that's their, that's like, their yeah. <laughs> the little announcer lady will say, you know, if you've been in here for over an hour, feel free to break into that emergency kit. And they were digging through it. <laughs> Hell with that. But like, let's open that door. Just let nature fly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I would think, too. But right? Yeah. I don't think Man. they're going to open up the gondolas. At well, How far up off the ground are these things, uh, Stephen? Oh, OK. So I, I'm bad at judging heights. It, it varies a lot, actually. So there's, okay. you know, so there's three different routes. Um, they all connect to caribbean beach so i'll just start from uh from there so there's the one that goes to riviera then epcot there's one that goes to, to uh, pop century and art of animation and one to hollywood studios i think the one to epcot is the highest and like i said it's so hard for me to judge but you are you are way high up like you you see the top of the american adventure pavilion you're like not over it but you can definitely see like the top of that thing and that's a tall building they're estimating like 50 to 60 feet above the air is what I'm seeing. I mean, so basically, okay. Um, I could, I can go with that. (laughs) No, I was going to say, no, it doesn't matter what height it is. You can still die. If you fall out from if it drops pretty much. Well, no, I think what you have to do is you have to use the ventilation system. Okay. For, (laughs) you know, uh, if you have 
urgent bathroom needs. Yeah, because they don't have a cup for that one. For no, the number no, two. No, they do. <laughs> but but I don't think it was meant for everything. Yeah, I mean like yeah, you know, it's yeah. not for not for his number two. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. a little cup. That sometimes if you had a big meal, the yeah. cup's not gonna work. You know. Right, right. Well, especially like if a, you're yeah. hanging sixty feet in the air and you're scared. <laughs> 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 Hurry up, get the bag, it's coming out, I can't stop. Well, I hope the windows are like big enough so you can just toss it out. There, no, 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 the windows are screens. Yep. Oh, so no, you're in there. right back at you. Told you. you. The, only time wow. those, the only time those doors are opening is when the cherry picker comes to get you. <laughs> oh, yes. my gosh. So I'm curious, Stephen. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Malikans, if you follow our social media, you'll notice that uh, Stephen went live on our page and. Uh, we have given him access to do so, so we can bring you the latest whenever he goes. Apparently, since he's moved down there, he's been going on to Disney World almost almost every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like often. It's, it's more at least often once a week. The working week, like the work days, are tough. Yeah. But yeah, usually Saturday. He's Living a joy. dream. So he went live earlier today on Facebook because he was going to do the Skyliner, and I think you said you did stop. Y'all did stop at one point, right? And it was for a yes. short time. Uh, yeah, was, I'd that. say it was about a minute or so. Uh, that was on our route. So from uh, from Caribbean Beach, so we parked at Studios, went from Studios to Caribbean Beach, and then branched out from there. Uh, so on our route to uh, Art of Animation, we were pretty darn high up. We were we were start we started to slow down, uh, and it started getting warmer and warmer, and then it stopped, and we were all just baking in there. And I don't know. I was kind of playing around, getting a little over. <laughs> <laughs> overzealous with the I'm dying whatever we were stopped for about a minute uh, and it, it was warm it was uncomfortable and it's October uh, so mm-hmm. it, yeah that ride is probably the coolest though because it takes you like right over the water over what is it Hourglass Lake I think yeah like you're you're probably three four feet over it I don't oh, wow. know it, it, it was cool um, but yeah so that line had a lot of issues so when we we got off and then we would try to get back on and it was shut down and I, I can talk about that another time, but it was like, that, that was really frustrating. Now, Steven, I'm looking at a picture of these gondolas that all banged into one another. And at first I'm like, okay, I, I've seen this. It, it doesn't look like any major damage occurs, but you see this one shot and I could see this clearly broken glass all over the ground. Oh, hell no. So they really must've slammed into each other. I, I wasn't even aware that they, any part of this was made of glass. Um, um, yeah, it, they all seemed, yeah, I think it was all glass. Um, it was all glass. Okay. Oh, no, it's all good. Uh, we didn't ride back on the, the gondolas back to our car. We took the boat from, uh, International Gateway back to the studios. So I don't know how fast it whips around that, uh, that corner there, but it, you know, you're right though. Cause it would probably be kind of going pretty slow there. There is another corner that you take later on. And it takes you off the cable, off the, uh, off the yeah, the cable, and then you go pretty darn slow around that. They like to, they called it a, a scenic turn, and you see like a concrete pillar. It's really not that exciting, but <laughs> so yeah, um, it may not be the speed so much as just the force of pushing. You know, this thing mm-hmm. is not going to stop. It's just going to push it harder and harder until you have you know you got two and then three and then four and then five and they're all being squished together that's probably so, cause the break so basically there was a gondola bank gang bang going on and uh <laughs> so great way to start this uh this that, new adventure disney that would be a train uh basically it's uh the new adventures by disney <laughs> yeah, that's- <laughs> we're making light of it obviously but yeah. i mean there, there were reports that people structures had to be called out 
and, well, and, and when you sure. look at how how hard these things must have hit to have caused this kind of damage, you can easily picture people were hurt. Oh yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. So we're making light of it, and maybe we shouldn't be, but um, well, nobody got nobody died, dropped like when well, you, t- to our knowledge, but no one dies at Disney World. Well, <laughs> they wait till they get to the hospital to say that. That's true. That's true. Um, but the reason we're doing it is because we made several jokes about this kind of thing yes. before it happened because. Yes. This seemed like something that was going to happen at some point in time that was going to be inevitable, that there was going to be snafus and growing pains with people dangling in midair. In midair. Yeah. And so um, I, I just always figured lightning would be the first thing that came about. I didn't yeah. think it would be this. So I hopefully they're going to uh, reveal the report that says what the obstruction was, because it, if it was something where it was just like... Uh, a gear or something like that that actually moved it mm-hmm. and then it stopped or if there was like I don't know a bird was hanging out on the wire got stuck I mean that got <laughs> you know I hope they say yeah. what the obstruction was because that needs to be looked into whatever oh, that for is sure. yeah I mean now having, I, I'm sorry oh. I was gonna say Stephen having rode the uh, the Skyliner you know this being your first time and and when y'all rode it there seemed to be a little fear. Little fear from a certain members of the party, maybe not everybody, uh, <laughs> but a couple people a little, seem to be a little bit fearful of this. What does this do for your confidence level riding this going forward? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. it to me, it's like a I don't want to say an inevitability, but we've had issues with like the monorail before where something happened. And in this case, this is kind of what's going to happen. If it's going to fail, this is where it would fail because otherwise it's just a clamp holding onto a cable and it's not going to, it's not like it can run into anything anywhere else. Uh, and so if they, I mean, I would trust them to be able to fix this, but I would also expect them to not have this be a problem in the first place. I don't know. I, I will probably ride it again. I, I, it was a nice ride. It was smooth, quiet and relaxing. You had, if you have a decent sized party, like if you're there with six people, there's, plenty of room to like spread out and relax it's way better than the buses or anything else and the line moves like a dream so this looks bad but it's also within the first week uh i don't know i i'm so torn on this they i I mean i've been here for two months and they've been testing this thing like every day so i don't understand (laughs) what all of a sudden happened you know you'd imagine they put weights in this thing to simulate people in there Mm -hmm. they run it they run it, they run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, and they say, okay, cool, it looks good, let's open it on the 29th. I don't know. I'll, I will ride it again, though. This looks bad, but not... But when you ride it, will there be a certain bit of concern? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, I think people are going to be anxious about this, especially after this, and, you know, Sarah Sarah wasn't a huge fan. I think we, once we got, like, the views, we are like, oh, okay, this is actually pretty neat, be able to see everything, and it's not the initial like, steep climb. That's the scary part. That's where everyone was panicking. Yeah, that's where I heard uh, the most of it, yes. Yeah, but once you're up there, then you're up there, and it's, it's just cool. A steep climb? Oh, yeah, man. In fact... Um, Look, man, after the World's Fair here in New Orleans with that steep climb with the gondola going over the river... Oh, God, that was that's, terrifying. Uh, man, that can't be anything worse than that. Uh, for listeners who don't know, 1984, the World's Fair was here. The World's Fair Exposition was here in New Orleans. And they had the big, great idea of establishing a gondola to cross the Mississippi River. Now, if you think about it, the mighty Mississippi is a pretty damn busy river. Yes. So they can't just make this like gondola height, like Skyliner height. 
that thing went way high up into the air. <laughs> the same height as like the Gina, or not Gina, the Crescent City Connection, which is the bridge, the highway that crosses the river. So this can accommodate tall ships, cruise ships, everything like that. Sure. So you're dangling across the river. Oh, yeah. And, and you're yeah. like, that's a steep rise. Hundreds of feet in the air. Yes. That is a definite steep rise. That was terrifying. Very terrifying. So and y'all can find pictures of this on YouTube. So if I find something good, I can, I'll post it in our show notes for this show so you can get an idea. But um, yeah, I mean, I can understand where if people that haven't experienced that. Yeah, they could be a little scared. But yeah, I don't know. Nah. Well, <laughs> yeah. scare, I mean, look, it's like anything. I mean, you got people who aren't afraid of flying until right. you have a bad flight. I imagine there are a lot of people after hanging in the air for about an hour and a half waiting to be rescued and mm-hmm. then having to step out onto this. So, you know, why don't you. OK, so, Stephen, why don't you explain this? Explain the process of evacuation <laughs> when the Skyliner breaks down. Well, uh, let me. I'm going to see if I can find that picture uh, because there may be some sort of clamping mechanism. And if there is, then that's much better. But what it looks like is they just bring their, you know, generic cherry pickers and just wheel them on up to the next gondola. Well, now explain what a cherry picker is. So, so for people who oh. might not know, a uh, cherry picker is, uh, I mean, it's based, it's like the, it's a construction um, vehicle, I guess. Right. Uh, it's a platform that can lift up. Uh, so you see, they're big and orange. Usually, the ones I think I saw were like gray. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, it's used to be able to elevate people uh, so that they can reach, uh, you know, construction areas that are high up. Um, it's like those electric one, company oh, man, trucks, right? Like it's a fire truck, actually. Yeah. Sorry, like an electric company truck, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I, I, the, the name escapes me. So I'm looking at this little video that uh, someone on Twitter posted, and uh, this one almost looks like it's actually a fire truck, but still, I mean, same idea. You're just on a big crane, kind of sticking out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the oof, platform's like geez. what, like six feet long, maybe three feet wide, four feet wide. I want to say it's it's yeah. not a very big platform. Uh, to be having rescuing this. people. Yes. Plus, rescuing you've got th- up to ten guests. Yeah. <laughs> plus wheelchairs and whatnot that are on there. Oh and my. the workers who are there to help assist. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. This is this is scary. This is very, oh, very, it's, yeah. it's very rare that you hear in a story where somebody's being you know in a dangerous position that even the rescue is still traumatizing to the people. You know, in the right. situation. So yeah, that's that's why I don't want, I don't like these things. <laughs> I, I mean, I even the like old sky things. buckets that was in the Magic Kingdom would stop every now and then. You know, and that was not, not exactly. Like yeah, uh, yeah, and and I, and and to go with what Stephen was saying earlier, I agree with you, Stephen. Like, uh, you've seen them test it, and then they just unveiled it, and then it's just been a week. And for that to happen so fast, uh, you're a braver man than I am, sir. Uh, if someone would have stopped on me in a week, I'd be like two years later, be like, no, that first week, it did not work. I, I'm going to walk. I'll see y'all. Well, and, and that's what I, <laughs> I, I do think is, is going to happen here. I do think it is going to put some people off. of Like when we were at dinner and I showed my wife, I was like, look what's going on. She's like, yeah, I'm not riding that. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, we were watching Steven's videos and we were all like, okay, we're going to ride that as a family. Let, let's give it a shot. Let's see how it works. It it looked fun. I mean, it looked like it kind of whipped around. It, it looked like it had some speed to it as well. You could you could hear the wind whooshing by in the videos when you when you watch mm-hmm. them. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, well, okay, wow. that might be fun. 
quick little form of transportation, great views. Um, n- now this is going to make me a lot more hesitant to get on there because I don't, <laughs> I just don't want to see my child traumatized. I mean, because think about it. That's think about true. These traumatized children who are scared, they're hanging in the air. They don't know why. They don't know how long this is going to last Especially for. Especially for the hour. Right. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, their parents are terrified too. So yeah, that, that bodes no confidence. But yeah, that's been there for you. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. No, it's good. Uh, at some point, I'm going. Uh, I'm going to do a story. I f- there was a post on social media somewhere about uh, people arguing for the Skyliner and that uh, there are other rides in Disney World that don't have air condition. And uh, I will argue that one day, <laughs> as soon as I find the list. I haven't been able to find it. So yeah. If anybody I, finds I saw it, that. yeah, you know. So I mean, they they brought up stuff like Tomorrowland Speedway and the tram and stuff. I'm like. <laughs> You know, I, I can step out of the dang car yeah, if it stops or breaks right. down. The there's you know? a false equivalency thing happening there that I'm I'm going to suspect is going to destroy their entire argument. But yeah, there is, and and I, I want to you know not because I want to be a naysayer or think about I, oh I, I naysay want, say say, well, yeah, say all the day no say I, all the day I just want it to be real and honest. I don't want to look at uh, I mean Disney's great, but I I, I don't want to look at it through rose colored glasses. I'm sorry, you know. Not when you're staring like you know sixty feet off the ground because you can see the roses very well from there. Yes, it, it seemed like a bad idea from the start. I don't see anything that's making me say to myself. I mean, there's a part of me that's wondering: in about two years, will there still be a Skyliner? I think they still will be. I think they'll probably still have the invested. I mean, they're going to work out the kinks and they'll still be running. Uh, sure. Are they? Are they? Probably. Well, they did just the first week. I didn't know what to work on. It's October, and it, it whenever it would stop, they would were, were swell. It was hot in there, wasn't it, Stephen? When we stopped, yeah, it got it got really uncomfortable. Um, mm. They so we noticed later on. Uh, so the first two that we rode were just they had no like pictures on the outside, so you just could see everything. It was real nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the set, the third one we rode actually had um, I think it was like a Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, artwork on it, and that one was cooler. When we slowed down, we did stop again with that one, but that one provided uh, more protection from the sun. I think we don't have the open glass that's just allowing all the heat to get in. Bear down on you. So I think that. I mean, I'm not saying that this is an excuse because you still have what one out of every three or two two thirds of them have mm-hmm. don't have the artwork. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just that unlucky guest, then you're still uncomfortable for God knows how long. <laughs> um, yeah, but yes, to answer your question in short, it got hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I'll give props to Dizzy for opening this in October instead of July. <laughs> you know, they're really smart doing that. Uh, but uh, yeah, the time will tell, and we'll see how it uh, how it works down in Florida come the summer months next year so well steven thank yeah. you very much for calling in and uh, giving us that report on the skyliner i really yes, yeah and, and thank you for being a trooper and staying up late to do it yes mm-hmm. thank you very much for that sir yep. thank you and oh, you're welcome not a problem guys and listeners make sure you stay tuned to our social media channels and our youtube channel uh, the downs on the ground segment will be happening on those uh, various sites he'll go live on, on certain occasions when he when he's in the parks and uh he'll also put together some video packages for you to view uh from a weekend's point of view nice all right so steven thanks again and uh we'll let you go back to sleep <laughs> yeah and don't lock your keys in the car sounds good yeah don't do that either. <laughs> all right good night, all right, steven, have a good night, good night thank, you. thank you all right
I'm just thinking. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just thinking about like the, the little travel pack that they give you, like the little emergency kit. emergency kit. And there's like a bottle of Thunderbird and a couple of Dixie cups. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it to me straight. I don't need no ice. <laughs> there's, there's a there's a note signed by Mickey. <laughs> You're <laughs> sorry. Yeah. And I'm enjoying a Ziploc bag <laughs> and a toothpick. Right. I'm, I'm, imagine, I'm thinking of like Mickey shaped toilet paper and yeah. tissues, toilet tissues. It's got like a, a Sudoku cross. Like, like a, <laughs> and a sewing kit. A little sewing kit. A little sewing kit. Yeah. Uh, matches. <laughs> I mean, don't you think you should have something in there? Like, I don't know, like a ladder or a parachute or something. I mean, if you're going to be suspended for that long <laughs> in the air. Out of your damn mind. They're going to let people. Open doors, sixty feet in the air. Drop them out. They're gonna let the guests decide. Sweetie, we got a fast pass. We ain't missing it. Stress right. Jimmy into the parachute. One okay. <laughs> Two okay. <Yeah>. Three okay. <laughs> Green light. Go go go. Hey, go. Jumpers. Parachutes from sixty feet. You don't even bungee jump from sixty feet. I take, take a, 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 I don't know, a ladder rope or something. Like in other words, a you're, ladder rope. I'm just saying, like you're, you're gonna up trust six year olds with a ladder rope. Well, I'm just saying you're up there for like, okay, you figure if you're up there for like what an hour, hour and a half, you just suspend it. I mean, it's just like there hadn't been like just a good set of panic in there. It would have been nice to have another option other than just the bag at least give us some <laughs> some kind of hope yeah uh, uh, ipad oh. under the seat <laughs> okay you get some entertainment while you ain't got to worry exactly. about oh, i know eli i know what's gonna fix it what airwolf gonna... airwolf's gonna come by and pick you up that airwolf. would be awesome and then blue thunder is gonna come back up <laughs> right after riptide night rider like you know kid shoots up and then the mask vehicles the are gonna bounce out of nowhere and right. save the day well, i mean i'm what just a, saying what about hulk hogan coming in for the rescue i don't know hulk hogan too old at this point i don't <laughs> i don't know he no, rambo could do it oh well that's true he's got another movie coming out i think it's already out what last blood or oh yeah another one beyond last blood Oh no! Is that is that last, already out? Yeah, it's oh, already last out. Blood. Oh, okay, what can come? What could possibly come after last blood? No more blood. Second, <laughs> second to last blood. <laughs> Penultimate blood. <laughs> blood transfusion. My wife's blood. <laughs> oh, I just think yeah. I just what? A, that's just tough. This is tough to be in there for that long. Yeah, man. no, they're not letting I park guests open the doors. That's not happening. It would have been cool if they had like telescoping towers. So if an emergency happens, they just hit a button and all the towers go lower to the ground. <laughs> okay. And I can step out of the vehicles. Ah. I mean, you'll have cops that block off the roads if it's crossing the road. Just okay. say, hey, y'all just stop. We're lowering this whole thing. And then, you know, when it's done and uh, it goes back up. Yeah. See, okay. They, all right. You know what? That's that's fair. Or like, uh, that would have been more expensive, of oh, course. But, what? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, that's worth yeah. it. You know, that's worth it. Or like I think say, so. Some kind <laughs> of like cement. I might be overthinking it, but like some sort of cement platform or something that, like you said, can go through a hydraulic or something that can say, hey, look, yeah, we do have something that can compensate for you being so high off the ground. No fear. Disney's here. You well, know, I, I, I would be good with something like or, that. Or but. here's a thought. Maybe just build the monorail and accept that it's going to be expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's a real good one. You, I, you've I like ha- that. You've had a few years to work that out. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you know how to operate a monorail. Just bite the bullet. Except it's going to be more expensive, 
And don't dangle people up in the air at 60 feet. And just get some good doors with that one. And That's all you got to do with the bottom rail. Shoot, I'll just take an L. <laughs> Elevated train or something. <laughs> something. At this point. Transportation's get dangerous out there. Nah, it, it is ridiculous. It's, yeah. Mm, I hate to hear this for the people who got stuck. Absolutely. There, no, absolutely. Yeah, same here. I feel yeah. bad for those people. I, I it's do. Unfortunate. I'm, uh, yeah, I just, I'm, when you first hit the lake, though, mm-hmm. I, I'm just glad nobody got Hurt her because I, I saw like the link, the link, and I was like, "Oh God, I hope that dropped her." So, you right? Know, yeah. No, no, that's that's what I was immediately worried about, and come to find out that that wasn't exactly what happened. Now people did get hurt, but I mean, this is look, this is going to be the telltale sign. Like, I, I obviously in two years, the safe money is that this this system will still exist and they'll still be using it. But we're what two weeks in, the lawsuits have begun. Oh yes, already. We'll see what these numbers get into and how many more of these incidents that they have, because Lord knows the people stuck in in the air are going to sue for their emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is going to be interesting because the lawsuits have begun, and that closes- I'm sure Disney's preemptively striking <laughs> right. that. Right? Oh yeah, say, that closes more rides than <laughs> than anything else. There's probably one of those cast members that has the tablet, like, hey, this is just a survey you want you feel, but secretly is like some non-disclosure agreement, you know, <laughs> that they're agreeing to for like a coupon for like a free dessert or something like that, so they don't sue Disney. Oh but- yeah, yeah, I'd be toughing you, wheeling you off in the stretcher out of the Skyliner, and somebody's right there would. Hi, I'm a guest relationship. Can I have a moment of your time? <laughs> I don't so what was your experience like? More likely, less likely? <laughs> More likely to get the f*** off this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging in the air, my God. Where were you then? Dude, I'd be happy with a zip line instead of a sky You're just an adventurer. That's it. Yeah. Well, a zip line is not going to stop no, unless I'm- I make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get to the other side. <laughs> Regardless of who's in front of me. And He's throwing quarters all while he does. Incoming! Yeah. I'd be like Scrooge McDuck. Hey! I'd Make it rain! That's right. Dropping it on all ching, y'all. Ching, 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 I like it. Yeah, I, I drop coins. I drop money that makes sound. There you go. You don't get the... F- you get the ching. You get the real That's stuff. That's right. Cha-ching! You know no, when Kevin's coming. That's right. Blow your ears you up. like Hansel and Gretel. You can follow my trail. <laughs> You prefer the kind that jingles, not the kind that folds. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. Well, Well, guys, let us know what you think about that. Skyliner Adventures. Woohoo. And here we are on the hub, and this is the segment in which we get to uh, relate our latest stories and uh, discussions and whatnot. So as we alluded to at the beginning of the show. Uh, we are talking about the whole George Lucas thing being betrayed and the Scorsese thing about Marvel not being cinema. So, Danny, which one were we starting off with, sir? We'll start with the Star Wars one and just to kind of give you a little bit of a better uh, framework. This is exactly what it is that Bob said in his book. And I do remember George at some point in time had an interview where he basically said that he sold his baby to the white slavers is that how he put it oh wow at one point and he had to kind of apologize for that so it clearly he did feel betrayed at some point in time so bob's not really necessarily speaking out of turn here i don't know why he felt felt the need to publish it but that's beyond the point what he says was that george agreed to send us three copies of the outlines one for me one for Alan Braverman and one for Walt Disney Studios chief creative officer Alan Horn who had just been hired to run our studio Alan and I read George's outlines and decided we needed to buy them. 
though we made it clear in the purchase agreements that we would not be contractually obligated to adhere to the plot lines that he laid out. He knew that I was going to stand firm on the question of creative control, but it wasn't an easy thing for him to accept. And so he reluctantly agreed to be available to consult with us at our request. I promised that we would be open to his ideas. This was not a hard promise to make. Of course, we would be open to George Lucas's ideas. But like the outlines, we would be under no obligation. When Lucas met with Disney to go over the trilogy's direction, he discovered that the company would not be using his ideas. And George immediately got upset as they began to describe the plot. And it dawned on him that they weren't using one of the stories he submitted during the negotiations. In the first meeting with him about the future of Star Wars, George felt betrayed. And while this whole process would never have been easy for him, we'd gotten off to an unnecessarily rocky start. So that's the story. And so the question is, did Disney betray George Lucas? Well, I don't know about that, but I know one thing. What's that? The negotiations were short. <laughs> the negotiations should not be televised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was, a, that was a poor episode one reference. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, was, was, you didn't. You got to put a little more, you know, love behind it. I, it was. It's kind of tough because I'm not British, but it's okay. Oh damn! I didn't know that. Didn't, you didn't know that. Didn't you didn't know, know I was British. Yeah, I know. I, I, my voice just comes off as like a British. But I anyway, you come in having tea all the time. Well, you are circumcised, right? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means I mean, so you're, you're definitely. I'm not, definitely not there. there. So I mean, you right, yeah, you right there. Yeah. And you're as right many there. times as you whip that thing out, that's true. Um, but no. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, did he? Uh, if the way is laid out like that, I don't think so. I don't think okay. they betrayed him. Uh, number one, the big thing is, is that he's a veteran. I can see if he had never made a movie before, and then they say, oh, they, they made me all these promises, and then I, I sold it, and mm-hmm. I, didn't, I can't believe it, but he's been around the block. I'm sure he knows how Hollywood works, and if they told him, I'm sure he should have an entertainment lawyer, right? Somebody that would have read everything. I'm sure so. George Lucas has lawyers at his disposal. Exactly. Yes. Right. This is a, a savvy man. So, no, I don't think I don't think he was betrayed. He probably saw the movies and like, holy shit, that's terrible. I got my name tied to that. Well, he didn't even have to see the movies. He heard the outline, apparently, and was already pissed. No, he's a smart man. <laughs> Kevin, was he betrayed? Man, you know, he saw that thing. So, I mean, there was like no to white verbiage. slavers, yes. Yeah, there was no verbiage to say that he was, they're going to use his uh, artistic thoughts and yeah, license. His mindset. He basically yeah. just gave it up, right? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the whole uh, the stipulation of his agreement. It's like you know, like was, a sixteen-year-old on prom night. Yeah, yeah exactly. Say, he do make it sound like he was date raped, but yeah, he, yeah. Just, he just gave it up. You know, it's just, just like well, lay I mean, down and take it. Maybe you should have included some clauses in there where you still had some influence on yeah, the story. Yeah, I agree with that, Kevin. I mean, I don't know. Episodes one through three, what did y'all think about that? That was all George Lucas, right? Mm-hmm. Did y'all like those? Uh, when I saw it, but, I mean, I think we're going to get well sidetracked if we go down that road right now, but we can we Well, can I mean, definitely... it's just a comparison because it's like, you know, the George Lucas controlled sequels versus Can I say, I Disney never wanted sequels. to see one through three. I right. knew... George had already pretty much told us what one through three was going to be. Mm-hmm. And even I was like, I don't need to see that story because I'm a Halloween fan. Right. I love Michael Myers. And there's one thing that I understand whenever I watch a movie about Michael Myers is that Michael Myers works best when you don't try to explain why he does what he does, where he came from, when you try to humanize him. Mm. I wasn't interested in the humanization of Darth Vader. I thought it was going to be a disaster before I saw it. Now, watching it back, I can appreciate it a lot more than when I did when I first saw it. So, I don't know. It's kind of a catch-22 for me. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm just curious about that. Lee, uh, did he betray him? No, not at all. He did what Bob did what he does best, and he made money. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it, it's like saying, was he treated well, or did you know? Did, was it a good thing that it happened? No, but that's not what we're talking about here. And we're talking about someone that came into it, eyes wide open, and Bob and team told him, "Hey, <laughs> I like your ideas, but." With arms wide open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went a different way with it. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it's, it wasn't like they lied to him. They said, hey, thanks for the ideas. We may use them. We may not. This is some cool stuff. Uh, we're definitely not using Jar Jar. But other than that, you know, we're open to your suggestions. But hey, in the end, we're going to do what we want to do. So thank you very much for your product. And now we need to make a new uh, park and... 17 different movies out of it and based none of it on that yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah so i mean was it cool but no but did he get betrayed no and you know when you make a deal with the devil what do you expect a pitchfork yeah exactly you ever dance with the devil by the pale moonlight (laughs) (laughs) that's all my prey before i buy the movie rights from them right so i cannot believe i'm going to be the only one who says yes they absolutely betrayed him. Interesting. 100% betrayed him. He entrusted them with his baby. I mean, like, look, George Lucas is a very old man. He doesn't, I mean, and as much as we would hope that this man would be the gatekeeper and continue this, he doesn't have the energy to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. He entrusted his baby to a company. It's kind of like what Jim Henson did. Right. Where he said, look, guys, I, I, I only have a finite number of years left on this earth. I can't continue running the day-to-day business operations of the Muppets. I got to be allowed to just be a creator. And he entrusted Disney to run this. And unfortunately, he died and Disney did what Disney does best, which is to say, well, it ain't worth as much anymore, so we don't have to pay you. We agreed to pay Jim and the whole thing got hung up. And as a result, the Muppets (laughs) still haven't recovered from it. And in that sense, I mean, they definitely betrayed Jim. I would say that. I think they betrayed George as well because I think George. Uh, you ever watched the movie The Founder? You ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, I okay, it's about yeah. you know, at the yes, end of the movie. Absolutely. At the end of the movie, what happens? Ray Kroc is buying McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers, and they're like, "Okay, mm-hmm. cool. We want royalty rights going forward." And he's like, "Look, guys, I can never put that in the contract, but you got my word. Handshake deal. You know." I can't say that I'm going to do it, but handshake deal, it'll be fine. I can't put that in the contract, but I'm liking this. Yeah, we, that's fine. And then what happened? He betrays them, and he never pays them a dime, and the family never saw a cent of all the royalties. Who didn't feel bad for the McDonald brothers at the right. end of that movie? I, did. I feel for George Lucas here because he wants his characters, he wants his creation to live on beyond his years, and he entrusted Disney to make the next step with these characters and said, you know what? I'm an old man. I can't do it. Y'all take them to the next level. Here's the best that I got. Oh, so you just took my ideas and focus grouped them, added in what you felt would have been, hey, we'll have a girl as the lead. We'll include uh, more multicultural characters. We'll We'll rehash storylines. And we won't do anything new. And then when we get in trouble, we'll just throw out more nostalgia to try and save ourselves. I would feel a bit betrayed that I entrusted you with my baby and you got butterfingers. But see, that's the that's the thing where I'm saying where they 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 don't because all right, if you use the baby analogy, this is more like 
he's just a he's a grown adult and he's like okay here i know i've I've dealt with you guys taking care of my babies before and i i I know the procedure and everything like that so even if he wants to be a creator i mean there is a fear of that but he's already taken those steps and again so unless the disney was like hey look uh, we'll just take care of everything. You can't read it or something like that. And he, and if he didn't do something like that, well, then yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, he's totally betrayed. But he's he's a veteran, right? I mean, he should know how the how the business works. Well, sure, you know how the business works, but you don't. If you sit there and and, and you convey to somebody, look, this is where I think it should go. I'm the creator. I'm the reason for all this. Mm-hmm. We've had a great working relationship. Star Tours. We built that together. Yeah. We've always worked together. Indiana Jones. My God. We've had a great working relationship dating back to Michael Eisner. Bob, you were his protege. I can entrust you because how many studios can do what Disney can do? Not me. Well, I mean, yeah. to be able to, to buy that franchise, to, to put them in the parks, to make new movies out of them. I mean, there's only a a small amount of people that they could have sold that to. Well, yeah, that with that level of really synergy, d- yes. So yeah. I think Bob trusted them. And I think that they they made these new Star Wars movies safe. They could have gone, they could have told something new, and they stayed safe. We, Yeah, that, that I agree you with. You can't yeah. tell me that that wasn't a business decision. And they just said, look... No, we're going to stick with tried and true. You know, we've already got this market locked up, so we're going to go ahead and start trying to venture into Because, I mean, you know, I think we can get more girls in. So let's make our lead character, you know, a female. And let's make sure that we include... Um, Brother, the same, same right. guy as a Han Solo. And, uh, yeah, right. no, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, it yeah. just seemed like a movie that everyone just kind of sat in and said, how can we get this group of people like it how can this group of people that and no one sat around and said where can we take this movie for the next three stories and as you can see there's no overall vision it'd be one thing if they had an overall vision but part one didn't connect to part two and i highly doubt that part three is going to connect to what you just they, saw they connect they kill all the old characters out that's how they connect the proof is in the pudding if i intru- if i sell you my car and i'm like it's your car but please take care of it. You know, I promise you, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do the best I can. And you just go out and you just don't change the oil. You don't do anything. You let it run to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I like I sold to you because I thought you could take care of it. You've betrayed my trust. If you run it into the ground, you've betrayed my trust. You can, okay, so you make the point. To yeah, say- but the money you give money. The minute I give you the money for that car is my car. <laughs> and so, so if I want to put Stop. if I want to put a spoiler on the back, Stop. and I want to put spinners on it, terrible argument. Chop it, terrible, terrible yeah. argument. But it's my Lee. car now. It's my car. Lee, now, let, let Lee, it. Lee. Does George Lucas really need more money right now? I mean, you make this sound like this was a money decision for George. It was to see his characters move on once he was gone. This was exactly what Jim Henson. George Lucas got so much money. Do you really think? That this came down to money for him. Like, I've got the energy to do the next three movies, but Disney's just offering me so much for these guys. I, I mean, he married. Anybody sucked all the money out of him. You, oh, you know, stop. How many, wait, you hear George Lucas is like marrying like four or five different wives. No, no, Who's he, Ric Flair? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she, no, I know she's like a financial advisor. That's a, that's a smart decision on George's part. But look, okay, if you want to kind of break it up right if you want to say he saw the movie he kind of thought it was going to go one way and then when he saw the finished product he's like dang they did me wrong okay i can see that 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's, that's like an emotional kind of, you know what I mean? Like an emotional kind of betrayal. That's like, an artist betrayal. He's not he's not bitching about the money. No, I'm, saying, not, I'm not talking about the money part. That's what I'm saying. That's but, but that's what I'm saying. That's why Lee's argument is terrible. It's like <laughs> this is about money for George Lucas. Bull. He was disappointed that I tr- I entrusted you with yeah. my baby and you did nothing with it. You just did a rerun. You you rehab I, I I have no issues whatsoever with George feeling the way he does about the way things went. Wow. I have no issues with that. That's the one thing you want to see. You know, it's like if if you're a, a father, you raise a daughter. There comes a point in time where you know I can't do anything beyond it. You just hope they make good decisions. Oh, I'm at that point now. Exactly. Yes, I, understand. I and, totally understand that. And then and then you watch them make a bad decision. And what can you do? You just hang your head and you're like. You know, you don't. Yeah, but that. see, but but that's the thing. That's where it's like the other part of it is where I still would disagree in the part where, again, if he was an old man and he had never made the movies, and then like somebody came to him and gave him those that same proposition, and he was like, "Oh, that's just awesome! You can have you know theme parks. Oh my god!" And then like you know, my grandkids can ride it. Like he had no experience with this, mm-hmm. and then he just signed it blindly, and they made him this promise. Then I could. Or a hundred percent, without trying to dissect it, say yeah, they did it wrong. But again, he's made movies since like right when we were born, mm-hmm. you know. And he he's used to having his franchise, you know, explored into books and comics and rides and God knows what cereal boxes, probably toys. So I mean, he knows what the deal is. When having to have your creation turn into other forms of merchandise, everybody wants their hands on something like that because it is a money thing for them. While for George, it is his baby. But that where, where the lawyer's at? If he wants to feel betrayed by somebody, the lawyer's betrayed him. Well, but that's the thing. Disney's not going to agree to buy his characters unless he's he's handing over full creative control. That's it's got to be yeah, the character. Absolutely. That absolutely George, yeah. you have to step away. And yeah. George is caught between a rock and a hard place. I don't have the energy to keep this up anymore. Mm-hmm. I am too old. I've got a life to live. I just want to know that my baby is in a good hands and that, you know, it's like I said, like having a daughter, that she's marrying a good dude and I'm giving it my blessing as best as I could. And again, we can make it out to be like, yeah, okay, well, he chose to deal with the devil as you or Lee put it or who, I can't remember who said it, but... Again, how many different studios could they have really sold this to that could have done what they could have done from the theme park point of view, from mm-hmm. the um, uh, toy merchandising, the, the movies and everything? Who could have done everything? And George had a working relationship with Disney that was good. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was hiccups along the way. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I just And I, look, I get y'all's point and everything like that. And technically, look, did he sign the deal? Absolutely. But the man did it, I think, with his legacy in mind. And he said... Cool, just don't me. I'm handing this over to y'all because I have a built-in fan base and they trust me and I just don't have it in me to please them anymore. It took all of me that I could to get as many, much of this stuff as I could out of me. So I'm entrusting you guys, take it in as good of a direction as you could. And they played it safe. Yeah, I feel the emotional content betrayal with it. Right, yeah. as, as a creator, as an artist, I would figured that you would have felt it the most. It, it's like Tin Cup. Instead of going for it, they laid up. It <laughs> <laughs> is. They just laid it up. They settled for par, and they didn't go for it. And I, I don't, I don't blame him. He's like, "You're now. You're messing with my legacy. Now yeah. I wanted this to be something special, so that way I knew 
when I'm gone that these characters would live on long beyond me and you're f***ing. Yeah, he's killing them all off. Well, he's, he, didn't he screw himself by not retaining any kind of creative control? I don't think that the... I, I agree, I mean, but the, I, the deal, because that's the thing, though. It's like, well, here's, here's what I'm thinking. So Popeyes was run by Al Copeland. Sure. He sold it off to a company, but mm-hmm. he said, he told the company, he's like, I'm going to retain all the recipes and stuff, so you have to buy all the spices and everything, supplies from me. Yes. So in a sense, he sold it off to be, because I mean, you know, Popeye's uh, chicken, and I'm sure people know Popeye's, used to be just a local New Orleans thing, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, one day, we looked, and it freaking exploded everywhere. They got Popeye's in Hawaii, too. Damn. But, you know, wow. Al Copeland retained some kind of control of it, because he said, yeah, y'all can have the company, but you're going to buy the recipes from me. So they put like yeah. a pineapple in the chicken sandwich over there? They do, actually. No, they, they have a chicken sandwich that has a pineapple. I know. I'm serious. I, I looked at the menu. I was like, really? And the spicy, of course, is not a spicy. So let me guess. Spam is involved in some kind actually, of... Actually, no. no. Okay. Spam, I, I, spicy chicken? I would have tried that there, actually. No, okay. So, Kevin... No, but yeah. You know, and what you say is a good point, but let me bring it back to what it was that Bob said in that article if you, that I just quoted. He knew that I was going to stand firm on the question of creative control, but it wasn't an easy thing for him to accept. In other words, there's no way, and I totally understand this on Disney's part, there's no way we agree to do this. We own this, but you get to stop us. Like, if we decide, okay, we've decided we're going to make three more Star Wars movies, uh, shit, we got to go ask George's permission. Disney's not going to do that. No, they're not. Big. They're yeah. business, right, they're exactly. exactly. So yeah. I, I, wish, I wish George would have done that. But they then, wouldn't have done yeah, yeah, they wouldn't have done it. Either. But you know, if if Disney wanted it bad enough, I mean, you know, I mean, they, they still I, have them. They still have them on hook for like Star Tours and all. You know, Jedi Training Academy because they had that before. Because sure. here's the thing: I would have loved to have seen it where George retained some creative control, kind of like Al Copeland. But then, you know, once Al Copeland passed away, then the company took over everything. Right. I, I would like to have seen it as well. But I mean, as you can tell from this quote right here, that wasn't even on the table. Disney right. wasn't going to do this deal without creative control, and I totally understand why. Yeah. I would love to have heard George's quote. Uh, I have to look that up and see if he has any quotes about that deal, just to see like maybe if there's well, something you know, he Oh, he does. That, that was where the you whole know. white slavers comment came from. Well, I mean, that's a very colorful analogy that he did, but just well, something know, that Eli, has that technicality. It, it, it sucked, Eli. It, it, it this really is not what there, I wanted. Yeah. This is not what I wanted at all. All right, oh, so yo. here's what George had to say. Oh, do, All right. They looked at the stories and they said, we want to make something for the fans. Okay. We're talking about his stories, the stories that he this wrote is his, yeah, okay. for his treatment. Okay. That they insisted that they had to buy from him because they thought they were so good. Wait, that was their, Disney's reaction? We, we want to make something for the fans? His, their yes, reaction yes. To this is stories? what George is saying. Okay. Disney looked at the stories and they said, we want to make something for the fans, Lucas said. They decided that they didn't want to use those stories. They decided they were going to do their own thing. They weren't that keen to have me involved anyway. But if I get, if I get in there... I'm just going to cause trouble because they're not going to do what I want them to do. And I don't have the control to do that anymore. And all I would do is muck everything up, he said. And so I said, okay, I will go my way and I'll let them go their way. And that's what he said about it back then. And then there's a, I sold them to white slavers and that takes these things and, and then there's just ellipses here. I can't read. Yeah. You know what? That white slavers thing is kind of, that's a wrong analogy. It's it was, like, and he got a lot of flack for that. And I'm he did retract it. it. Yeah. No, he did apologize. Yeah, he should have said something like, yeah, I just gave my daughter to a pip named Slickback and <laughs> hoped that he would take care of her or okay. Kay. I didn't know she would be on the stroll for three more years. That's uh, a great reference. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, no, I yeah. The hope for something bigger, I feel for him there. But, yeah, he, 
you know, those cats, unfortunately, they're in it for the money. I mean, you know, that's that's, that's what right, it is. because, yeah, they, you know, like those executives, they, they don't have as much money as George does. For them, it's all about the money. I don't think it was like that for George. So I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, shame. All right, so what we got next? Do we got the Martin Scorsese? All right, Martin Scorsese. Scorsese, Scorsese, Scorsese. Scorsese. All right, so when Martin Scorsese was asked if he had seen the Marvel movies, he said, I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well as they are, with actors doing the best that they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to other human beings. This is not cinema. This is not verite. Yeah. So what are y'all thoughts? Is, does he have a point? Well, the definition of, yeah, of cinema, according oh, to the Oxford uh, Dictionary, yes, says... Uh, Thank you, Mr. Westkyler. Yes. 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 Well, it's from the British, so... Please the put first tea. definition, of course, is a theater where films are shown for public entertainment. Okay, that's not the cinema he's talking about. No, they're definitely not that cinema. The mass noun version, the other definition, is okay. the production of films as an art or industry. That's it. Sounds well, like then that's basically a snuff film. <laughs> so just about anything qualifies as uh, pornography would be cinema under that. Oh, there's some good cinema out there. That's oh, some real good cinema. Yeah, good light, good lighting, beautiful stuff. Yes, good lighting, great love, love stories. Yeah, yeah I've always got such good plot. Awesome acting. I just came in to fix your cable. Who's cable? Your yeah. cable. I wish I could do that in the bedroom. I always with the cable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, my God. Just <laughs> Yeah, I had to look at the definition just because I was just curious, uh, you know, what the... Thank you for doing that, though, actually, seriously. I don't know the actual definition. It doesn't help discussion, but, no. I mean, I mean, you're, you're th- I mean, the, the way I viewed it is like, well, let, let's see if he's, he's true to that, to the actual definition of the, of the word. And all the definitions are pretty much the same like that if you open it the dictionary. Mm-hmm. So the, the definition of cinema to him is com- something completely different. Yeah. Well... From his, from I mean, it's, it's, it could be subjective to his point of view. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I would, yeah, I would say it, I think the definition of cinema is uh, subjective to each and every one of us. We all have our own definitions of mm-hmm. what. Yeah, may- but it's it's like saying it'd be different if he said, "Hey, that's not my cup of tea," you know, like I don't like horror movies that much. Whatever, mm-hmm. like my wife does. So you know, but to me to say that you know uh, to watch making a horror movie is not making cinema. It's kind of a silly statement. Well, uh, right, because I don't like just because I don't like those kinds of movies doesn't mean that other people don't. But I mean, I understand the perception he's coming from. Sure, but you know, it's not like we're talking about Sharknado or something here. I mean, these are actually <laughs> Sharknado. <laughs> these are actually, you know, there are emotions involved in these movies, and there are, you know, there's an emotional tie-in, and there's arcs, and you know, all this kind of stuff. Just because there's jetpacks and airplanes and stuff involved with it and explosions does not make any taking anything away from that part of the movie as well just if i hopefully that makes sense but it it, it, it does make sense but i mean you know, if you have an, if, if a movie has emotions in it and it's you know it takes you to a certain place in your heart and in your soul then who's to say that's not cinema that's just good story. Martin Scorsese says it's not cinema. Yeah, yeah. Okay. he's yeah, one of the best directors ever lived. Yeah, now, no, I get it. <laughs> and and look, and that's what I'm saying is that it, it it's subjective to each and every one of us. So let's be clear right there. Martin yeah. Scorsese, yeah. as great as he is, does not define what cinema is right. for any one of us. But I do see his point. 
Okay, having yeah. said that, what, I, in what in, sense do you see on, on his on his point of view? I theory? see what he's saying is those movies they're pretty much the cookie cutter. It's like, and and I I see it more like I always find that there's a greater range of of emotions, and I really get kind of get trapped into um, origin stories. Like if if you watch the first Thor, or you mm. watch the first Iron Man, or you watch um, uh, Spider Man. The, the origin stories, I mean, those really kind of get you sucked in, and I do feel like there's a lot more emotions and everything. But once you get to the sequels, mm-hmm. there's really not a whole lot going on there. And even in the originals, it's always like, okay, here's a, here's a person who we're going to try and make you identify with them, but they're going to go in a place where no human being can identify with them because they're going to have abilities that no human being could possibly have. And then we have to you know, make sure we sprinkle in some humor and there's going to be an action beat every 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And so from that mindset, I can see him saying, you know, it's, it's a like diff- a theme park. I could totally see right. that. It's now. the difference yeah. between McDonald's or Ruth Chris. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, McDonald's is yeah, it's tasty, it's cheese, it's salt, it's you know, it's, it's hamburger, it's it's just tasty, but it's it's not necessarily anything you're gonna walk away and feel good about afterwards. It's satiated, God you know, no. it, it, exactly. <laughs> Whereas you go to Ruth's Chris, it's gonna be a little bit more of your food's gonna be more of an experience. It's gonna be more of a. Um, I'll feel good, but my wallet won't. Yeah, <laughs> you're right there. Well, that's a yeah, yeah. You gotta pay for art. <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah. pay for it. No, totally. Uh, you know, I, I can I can see that point for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, by that by that logic, I need you to get on board with Chick Fil A. Then you need to do what? If, by that logic, I need you to get on board with Chick Fil A. No, Chick Fil A is the devil. <laughs> you, you just, because that's the same that's the same thing from eating a McChicken to eating a grilled deluxe club on wheat bread. It's fast food. It's but fast food. Yeah, but there's a different level. Yeah, but you know, there's like so, uh, level, and then there's like Bojangles, and there's like Kentucky Fried Chicken, and the there's f- like Bojangles. <laughs> I don't know what a Bojangles. <laughs> well, I almost went to Bojangles. I almost went to Bojangles last week when I was in Atlanta. Uh, just because. Oh, that's not it, a joke. No. You didn't. No, just, there's a Bojangles no. for sure. Dude, yeah. I, we were in Baton Rouge. I saw Zaxby's. I'm like, what yeah, the hell is Zaxby's? Yeah. yeah, Zaxby's is good. But it's like you know, that's all that lower level. Uh, shit. And then you got Willie Mae Scotch House. That's a that's a different level. Okay. Can somebody tell me? For sure. When the f- a chicken sandwich got to be so... I mean, it's a chicken sandwich. I mean, <laughs> when did it get to be so... I mean, I know we're getting way off topic here. But I'll like, bring it back. The whole yeah. thing with the Popeyes versus the Chick-fil-A. I mean, this is why I hate Chick-fil-A. Chick-side? I, I used to work next to a Chick-fil-A, and you couldn't get to work because idiots from Chick-fil-A would wait in a 20-minute long line <laughs> that stuck out into the street. In like three lanes of cars, and they would all be blocked because people would just, oh no, man, I'm gonna wait in this 20 minute line for a chicken sandwich when there was a McDonald's right across the street. It's just a chicken sandwich. I don't get it, so I, but I don't eat chicken, so that's beyond me. Yeah, that's the that that kills the whole thing when you you try to have Daddy eat Chick Fil A's. He doesn't eat chicken. Well, so. you know, I, I look. I'll go to Chick Fil A. I'll have waffle fries. They got good waffle fries, but, but I. I don't want to like the the people that go in there. They're morons. The idea that they would block <laughs> an entire like that they would be so inconsiderate <laughs> to just shut down an entire like nope screw y'all. I know y'all have homes and families and jobs to commute to. I need a chicken sandwich from this motherfucking place. And Danny's like, well, I'm just coming to smoothie king. We got better food over here. <laughs> 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 
Damn, I got to get this sandwich. I got this health shit ready. Right nah, I haven't worked Smoothie King in a while. I got to get this. Like, uh, oh, six dollars <laughs> for pureed fruit. <laughs> oh, I'm crying right now. Uh, I do say I got to get my spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> y'all. Oh, shit. anyway, getting back to it. All right, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah all right. Um, so yeah, I can I can see certain points, but like when I, I read this, he also said that he hadn't seen every single movie. So the real sure. question is, is what movies did he see? Because yeah, if he saw like. Thor the Dark World. Totally. Yeah, I would totally he agree. He saw with all it. the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> he saw that, he's right. You know, that's what I'm Iron saying. Iron Man 3. Every sequel. I want to know what Marvel movies he saw. Because I think if he had seen Infinity War and like Endgame, I think that might have that should have had a different uh style to it. Oh, maybe not, because yeah. I mean, in order to appreciate Endgame and Infinity War, you had to have seen all the other movies for it to really resonate. Okay, but I would go, I would go on the limb and say this. If you if you're this guy, this guy takes story takes stories from characters that are not necessarily how do you say the most optimistic of people. Mm-hmm. Most of his characters are they gamblers, they've killed yeah. people, and they're not nice people. So he could still make the argument that this story, at least Infinity Wars, is taken from Thanos' point of view. And you can see how he goes and gets everything. You know how it works. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they, they make yeah. great efforts to kind of give some kind of personal angst even to the villain. Right. To where they're not just being bad for the sake of being bad. No, no, absolutely. Right. And so I guess my my argument was I see what he's saying, like you guys were saying, where it's like, yeah, they're fantastic people and they shoot laser rays and it's not relatable. But the average movie goer, when they go to see these movies, the thing is, there is a part of the characters that they have to relate to, and that's what makes his movies good. Like, I'm not saying Rothstein. I don't own a casino. You know, I married Sharon Stone, but I could relate to the fact that he has this guy. He was trying to make something happen out of nothing, and he had all these different obstacles he had to deal with. You well, know? right. And then, but I think that's what he's saying is that he doesn't relate to it. No, he, I think what he's saying is like real cinema. You're being taken on a journey, and you can imagine yourself being in that person's shoes. Once you get into the part where, yeah, you're fighting on a floating city, you know, That's just and awesome. there's oh, right. thousands yeah. of bots, and then even you and I will talk about it, it's like a CGI blur, and you can't really kind of zone in on what's going on and stuff like that, and that happens a lot in these movies to where it's kind of like, eh, it's, it's kind of, okay, we got this, okay, wait another 20 minutes, you're going to get another one of these, because that's how these things work. Like, I think one of my favorite superhero movies was Dark Knight Returns. I mean, did I feel heartbroken do i did i feel like the like ooh moment that i felt when joe pesci got whacked in goodfellas as i did when i saw uh what's her face rachel blow up oh uh, yeah, dark okay. night i mean I it was kind of like yeah she should blow up because yeah we need to get on to the next phase because where's the next action where well, we need to go away because <laughs> he's got to get to the joker and that's the mindset that you have with these movies. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, there you was saw, a, but you like you say Iron Man. You say I love you three thousand. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you feel something there. There wasn't a dry eye in yeah. the house, and that's what I was going to say. There wasn't okay. a dry eye in the house My bad. when Iron Man died. The love you three. All that came to a head of there, but you had to stick in there a while, and you had to overlook a lot of stuff to kind of mm-hmm. get to that point. It's like you know what it's like. It's like there was that moment that you see in Avengers when the theater went woo, like when you know what you call it. Um, Captain America got the hammer. Grab the hammer, exactly. And it's like it's popping. It's like yeah, you can't tell me that's not an emotional reaction. Yeah, but do you get the same emotional reaction when you know Eddie Guerrero went to the top of the cage and somersaulted off fight. and okay. not. Or mankind fell out. I mean, there's that same ooh moment, but did it 
You ask if it had a build, like an emotional right. soul is build. It, is it something where there's an, uh, um, an underlying like investment? Depth, like a depth right. of sorts? Yeah, like a, a character uh, identifying moment there where mm. you, you're taking on a journey. Well, maybe. I, I, I see what he's saying. Well, maybe then the key would be if they had like somebody like monologuing because that's also a key. Well, again, with the movies that I've seen, I haven't seen every single movie and that's what makes it kind of crazy. Sure. You know, uh, he, I want to know what movies he saw. Well, here's the thing that I was thinking about that's when you I said that, you know, because he's only, he's judging this on a few movies mm-hmm. yeah. that he's seen in the universe. He's judging a whole universe based on a few movies. Sure. Right. There right. are people that judge our podcast on the one episode they listen to. Absolutely. And completely dismiss us. Sure. Right. You know, so, Apparently it doesn't take much, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it doesn't take much, but, you know. So if, if to that, oh, there you go, your fake personality yeah. again. I know, oh, I know. Yeah, right? I totally forgot about that because all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's like, well, yeah, but too rough. But yeah, but they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Exactly, and, exactly. And so Scorsese is gonna do what he's gonna do too. And yeah. the, and I like the fact that like uh, like I think James Gunn. And uh, Josh Whedon uh, posted, you yeah, know, yeah. They, they were like, hey, I'll do respect to him. He's a great filmmaker. And he is. I mean, um, he knows what he's doing in that business uh, and everything like that. But they were like, but hey, you know, like this is also our time, too. And yeah. then that's where I kind of I kind of read that. I was like, yeah, sort of you casted Batista. But that's a personal choice. I don't like Batista. But short of that, like, yeah, you know, they did a lot with those characters. They sure did. Well, the yeah. fact that you and actually the, have a movie based on those characters, right? Yeah, is something. And 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 I guess that's the thing where I, when you first hit the link, Danny, I was kind of I had like a I had to have like a, how you say, I had like an emotional reaction, and then I had like a rational reaction. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, this dude doesn't make like I don't remember any Martin Scorsese superhero film. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, unless you want to count the Jesus movie, I, I haven't seen that. But I don't know if he rose again in the movie or not. I have no clue. But it's like now you have two different genres well, as well. You know? I, I would argue there's a similarity in, in like you can't tell me that the scene where they're playing Layla and they're finding all the dead bodies all over the. I mean, that's just one big scene of violence just playing out on screen. You can't tell me that isn't somewhat reminiscent of, of uh, a fight scene where someone dies. Like in, in uh, uh, although, again, to bring it back to Goodfellas, and this is where I think Marty has a point. There's that part where they're going through the truck and you find that dude and he's frozen stiff and you're like, oh, that guy too? They killed him? Uh, but you don't feel that way when, you know, they knock off Yondu. I mean, I didn't feel one. Did you, were you grieving for Yondu? I mean, when he froze and it blew up, they had Yeah, the, like, the, I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. That was a great line, though. It was a great line, but were you emotionally moved? We didn't even like the movie. No, no, I did not like the movie. Now the first movie was excellent. Yeah, and they did. They did do a good job in the in the mom dying of and that resonated yeah. with me. But like I said, I think they do better in the first one, where it's all about the origin, and then you kind of get into the mythos of the the emotion the, of the character. Yeah, I think you do a better job, and you are conveying a lot more but once you get into the the sequels and so they, they it's like rubber stamp cookie cutter like every iron man sequel to me sucked yeah well i didn't i didn't mind two as much I, you know i hated three so yeah, i didn't really care for two yeah i but i would i would agree with you in the sense that he he makes scorsese this he makes a movie and it's 
it's relative. Like it's, I mean, like the departed, let's yeah. say, right? I mean, it's like, here's a cop. He's a criminal, but here's a criminal who's a cop and mm-hmm. this and that. And like, um, that's a, that was a long, I think we saw that in the show, right? That was a long movie. It was. But, and there was some parts in there where I just remember Jack Nicholson having cool lines. But other than that, everybody was like, hey, go get the car, go get the car. You know, like, I'm like, well, I don't have a Boston accent. I kind of got lost out of it. But maybe if he had threw in like, you know, a cool car explosion or somebody has some lightning hit him or something like that. Well, they hey. threw Martin Sheen off a roof. Yeah. <laughs> See, you got a point, but, I, but that's what, you know what, though? I don't even, I, re, I don't even remember that. Like, I, I, you know? I remember, I mean, like, whoa, they <laughs> killed him and they, and the guy's just walking along and boom, thud, his body lands right in front of him. And again, that's where I'm saying, like, when you watch those movies, people just dying, they're dying off screen, on screen. Yeah. When Vision died, did you feel anything? No. no. No, it did I not. I mean, that's what I'm saying. When you watch real movies like that, you feel some. And, and I see that's the distinction he's kind of making. It's like, look, when you're watching these kind of things, you're kind of set up for something. If you're watching real cinema, even though you know there's a chance that this is a dangerous world all these characters are playing in, when these people go, you're going to feel something because I'm going to make you care about these characters. I don't, I don't think... I think they make you care about the heroicism and the actions of the, of, the, of the heroes in the Marvel movies, but I don't think you necessarily get to know the person. It's more about... The traits, and I think part of that is because we can't identify with those people because we don't have those powers. We, we we're never going to be like you can imagine yourself on a bad day being, you know, um, Michael Douglas and falling down. You know, you can imagine yourself, you know, hey, if I was born in the wrong neighborhood, uh, being, you know, uh, Cuba uh, Good Junior, somebody. Sure, like <laughs> the Boys in the Hood. Well, if yeah. you want to go that way, direction, I was going to say. Uh, Johnny Brasco, something like that. You can imagine yourself in that because these are human beings who made bad choices. You can't imagine what it is to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I woke up one day and, you know, I had... I was able to fly. Yeah. I had jets. I, I had I Captain Marvel's powers. You know? I agree with that. But, and then that's, and that's where it's tricky because I, wanna, I, don't, I don't really relate to too many movies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't relate to too many movies just visually anyway. It's like once you get into the story and... Yada, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things is is that when he said about the human connection part, it's like, yeah, who still doesn't want to be that person that um, people look up to when they do something right? Or who doesn't want to be that person when they're like, hey, you know, thanks, Mr. So-and-so. I'll be getting sure. you know, Right? I mean, and that's, that's what these types of movies, in theory, should bring to moviegoers. I mean, like, we hit, we always hear. Uh, well, it's like watching the NBA. Who doesn't want to? Uh, oh my God! Did you see that dunk that Zion just did, or LeBron? And you just marvel at it, and you're like, "Yeah, that's not me." <laughs> you know, it's like that's awesome and that's great and how fantastic. But I mean, that is just they're here. I'm over here. When you watch movies like Goodfellas, Casino, and stuff like that, yeah. you can imagine a world in which, oh my God, you know, I could have easily fallen into that. Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward yeah. world. I, I mean, could it, make a choice that leads me. There's no choice I could make that's going to make me six foot nine <laughs> with the athleticism of, of, a, of Zion. Of Zion, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So it sounds like Scorsese's definition is based upon the depth of the uh, relatability of the story. I, I would agree. I yeah. would agree with okay. that. That's his subjective interpretation. That's yes. fair. And that's, yes. and that's totally up to your own personal yeah. interpretation. Yeah, yeah. There's no bad opinion on that. But I'd yeah. be pissed if I was a director of one of these movies and it is dude basically just said my movie was like, you know, 
rubbery or what, uh, like you said, a theme park. I'd, I'd be like, hey, I put some work into that. Oh, I, I would agree with you on that one. I, I'd be a little insulted. And I do think it's a little professional jealousy. It's like, wait a minute, I'm making this art over here. And all y'all give a f- about is these jack offs you know, with the CGI eye candy. That's it. I'm like, you know, trying to build characters and doing it. And all y'all care about is, you know, CGI dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Come on, man. dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah. All right, here's my last question. I'm sorry, you were about to say something? No, no. I, was, I think it is make a, a, yeah. yeah, I think it's a little bit of jealousy, yeah. too. Yeah, I, I would I, say that. I was going to say, like, if this was like the wrap-up thing, I was yeah, going to yeah, present yeah. all of you with this one question. Do all you right. think he is trying to make a little added publicity for himself because he does have this The Irishman movie coming out? No. I think some of it's in box office, some of it's coming out on Netflix. You think he's trying to stir up a little hype like a bad wrestling manager, something no. like that? Marty's what seventy plus years old. I, I think he's just old man. Don't give a f- Marty. It's your movies, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice theory, but no, I, I would disagree. I don't think that's where he's going from. I don't think Marty understands what it means to go viral. <laughs> seventy something years old. <laughs> viral? Last time that happened, we had penicillin for it. <laughs> We're gonna oh, get a steroid shotter. <laughs> No. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, don't, I, don't I think, think so it's either. just old school. Like I said, I, I would, I would, I would lean more towards professional jealousy. Yeah, he has his own definition of what cin- what cinema is, and so that's what he's basing. What well, I mean, and and I'm sure like there's yeah. a lot of uh, feelings by J- people like James Gunn and and um, you know Kevin Feige and yeah, stuff like Josh that. Who, who, Josh Weedle, yeah, who, who are like, man, you know, we make these great movies and people go see them. They spend a fortune to go see our movies, and we're never recognized by the Academy Awards or, or any of that as having best actor, best picture, right. yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. I mean, the closest you got was Heath Ledger's nomination for the Joker, and I, and I thought that was well earned. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I'd be curious to th- uh, hear what you guys have to say about both of these topics, both the George Lucas thing and the Martin Scorsese comments on Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we're about to tell you about how to get in touch with us in just a little bit to share those opinions. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that discussion on the Magic Our Way podcast, as well as the breaking news that took place. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, MagicRWay.com is the way to go. There you'll find our social media links, past episodes, and more. You can also get in touch with us through the following ways. You can shoot us an email at showupmagicrway.com. You can send us a voicemail of our SpeakPipe widget on our homepage. Or you can call or text us at 1-815-MOWEEKEND. That is 1-815-MOWEEKEND-669-4226. And of course, guys, we got a couple of people that do things outside of the podcast. First of all, Eli, tell me what you got going on, sir. Oh, yes, of course. You can always visit ivycomics.com and check out all work I have for Project Asian, Savages, and the Molly Be Damned. You can see um, interviews and blog posts and uh, preview shot of Mawiki before he um, came into existence and came here in the studio. There's always a link to this podcast so you never miss a beat. You can also find me on Facebook.com, Eli Jivery. Always looking to meet new people as long as you're real people. Uh, Project Geisha has a Facebook page, so facebook.com slash Project Geisha. And on Instagram, you can find me there, EIV504. And, of course, on Twitter, I can be found at Hancock1066. So if you appreciate the madness, then I'll keep bringing the gladness. Thank you very much. And if you want to book a vacation so you can go down to Walt Disney World and ride the Skyliner, you can do so through Lee. Lee, <laughs> tell him how to do this. Uh, just call me at 832-431-1621. That's a new number, guys. 832-431-1621. That is 832-Gondola Peacups. 
832-ICU. Nasty. 832-ICUP. You can email me at Lee at MagicArway.com. Yeah. Uh, check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Lost of Vica Travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A Travel. Please check out Instagram at You Got a Friend in Lee Travel. And if you do any of that, we'll get you hooked up and booked up with no Hasselvika. And guys, if you want to support the show as a whole, you can do so through the following ways. You can buy us some beignets and support the show that way. You can also represent the Moeekin Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And the easiest way to support us is to leave a rating, interview an Apple podcast or wherever you download the show, whether it is Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play Music, etc. And guys, if you want to have a place in which you can freely speak your dizzy mind without fear of retribution... Join us in the Moican Pleasure Island 33 Facebook group. There you'll have the chance to interact with all the famous Moicans, as well as Danny, Eli, Lee, and yours truly, as well as offer some Moican and Stephen Downs for Downs on the Grounds when he goes live. You definitely want to go check us out there as well. And remember, we are part of the BS Podcast Network, whose motto is we speak our minds so you don't have to. So be sure to support our partners in podcasting over there. And guys, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and making us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are welcome on the Magic Army Podcast, so get in touch with us today. So, Moegans, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. I'm Danny. Magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. Chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Shicha, shicha. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks. This is Lee from the Magic Our Way podcast. And while I'm booking all those magical Disney vacations, I'm listening to Mad Hatter Radio.